0: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am answering your questions texted into the podcast phone number on things like how do I help out in Enneagram 2? If I'm a 2 with children, how do I find time for myself? And How do I, as an Enneagram 3, get some rest? But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. My rose is that I'm officially back from the trip in the sunshine. I'm feeling nice and rested in a way. Now, the thorn is that trip recovery is something I rarely account for traveling in general is also tiring and I really needed a few days this week to recover from my time away and that feels so counterintuitive and a little bit uncomfortable for me but I gave myself an extra day and I'm very grateful that I did. But my bud is I'm very much looking forward to the weekend. (laughs) I'm ready for just a little bit of normalcy. Daylight saving times has really gotten me out of whack. I'm ready to reset, get back into my routine, and just breathe. All right. Let's get into today's questions. Question one, my boyfriend of two and a half years is a type two and is used to having to do everything himself. He is a caretaker for his 90 year old grandmother who's newly in a nursing home, as well as his sister who is my age, but has an intellectual disability. He has not had much help from his extended family on the front of taking care of his sister and grandmother. And over the last two and a half years, I have tried to make him let me help him. It is very hard for him to let me help people in to help him because he's used to not having help. And there's a sense of pride of being able to help yourself and not need help. How do I continue to serve him well and help him to open up to assistance from me? Ooh, this one's hard because these patterns in our life are so deeply ingrained at times that it can really take some serious unwinding. So the first thing I would ask is if he's read much about the Enneagram and his type structure, If so, that's gonna give you a bit of a head start. If not, I would potentially start there. Send him a description or two to read and see if it spurs some conversations some questions, kind of opens his eyes to some things. But the next thing with twos is that often, they're loving you in the way that they wanna be loved. So maybe they make you breakfast or they fill up your water bottle or they fill your car up with gas. Pay attention to how he is showing you love and try to give love in that way um, and see how that goes because maybe what he needs isn't necessarily help with the grand, you know, the grandparents and the sister. Maybe it's with other areas of his life of just feeling cherished and loved. Now, sometimes you just have to jump in and wrangle it away from them, Um, like strong arm them out of it. So (laughs) when we ask, it kind of gives them a chance to turn us down. And it's a much longer process because there's so much wrapped up in that conversation for them, right? Saying that you can help means admitting that they can't handle it. It means means risking a loss of love or appreciation. So you kind of just have to jump in and, and take over sometimes. And it's a shorter access point, right? When we sit down and have the conversation, it's a much longer process than just hopping in and taking something off of their plate. Now, long-term, I would love for him to get a place to a place where he can set boundaries, where he can ask for help from his extended family. However, that is kind of his work to do, right? So if you're looking for ways to love him, then I would say pay attention to how he loves you, give in that way, Now, if you're looking for ways to ease his burden, jump in without asking first. Now, if that's not an option, right? If he's like kind of in charge of how you're able to jump in and help, consider other areas in which you can take things off of his plate that would make giving in this way easier for him. So maybe he hasn't taken his car to the cleaners in a while, or he comes home late and just needs some quiet time. You could also encourage him to look for places where boundaries could be set in his life, where he can ask for help from other people, remind him that he is loved for more than what he does for others, and that he is loved for just who he is. I just spent a week with my mother, and y'all, I am so aware, more aware than ever, of the issues that many Americans over 50 face. As we get older, we're more concerned about affordable healthcare, lower prescription costs, and protecting Social Security and Medicare. AARP advocates for you and offers financial and job resources, fraud protection help, information on joining local volunteer groups, and much more. Because AARP knows you have a lot of good years ahead. AARP members enjoy access to hundreds of benefits, discounts, and social programs. You get instant access to news and community events, financial planning, retirement, and social security resources and more. So try the benefits for yourself. Go to aarp.org slash egram to join for just $12 for your first year with automatic renewal. You'll get a second membership for free, so plus AARP the magazine and a free gift. That's aarp.org slash egram. Thank you, AARP, for supporting the podcast. Question two. I'm a self-pressed too with two small children. It feels really hard to avoid the pitfalls of my two-ness because I have two people who genuinely need me to put them first all the time. It feels very messy. Any tips? Thanks so much. Love your podcast. Thank you. Um, I think there's a practical answer to this as well as a mental answer. So we'll start internally. Internally, the work isn't to stop helping, right? Um, or even to stop putting others first, especially as a parent. The goal instead is to give without expectation. So to give out of love and not out of hope that you will receive something in return. So start with considering how you could show love from a place of genuine desire. Now that doesn't mean that you're giving with pure joy in your heart and every moment feels like bliss, That's not what I'm saying. It means that you own the choice. That you are saying, I would give this even if no one was watching because it's either the right thing to do or because the act of giving feels good enough for me. Then let's get into practicality of just how do you also prioritize yourself in the midst of raising two small children? Simply, like the simple first step that I highly encourage twos to do is to carve out at least one hour a week where you get to go off and do whatever you want whether that's communicating with a partner communicating with a you know one of your parents or a friend doing a trade with a friend whatever you need to do to carve an hour or two to yourself every single week to go do whatever you want to do i highly encourage you to do that but let's get into like every single day I encourage you to ask yourself the simple question, what's my heart, mind, body, and soul need today, and how can I ensure that I get it? This is a really simple way to prioritize your needs. Even if you're just getting to know them, it's worth it every single day. So, does your heart need to know that you're loved? Write yourself a thank you letter today. Does your body need a long walk? Ask for support from a partner or a friend, and take a walk alone, or maybe invite your kids to join you? Does your mind need to read today? Take 30 minutes of quiet time with the kids and read for a bit, or again, maybe ask for support from a friend or a partner. Many of the times what we need is relatively small on a daily basis, and just an hour or two can really make a big difference in whether or not you're getting time to yourself at all as a parent, as we know. So it's about not, not necessarily stopping to give, but giving without expectation and prioritizing your needs at the same time. Question three, I am just learning about myself as an Enneagram three wing two. I'm frustrated at myself for not being able to just rest. I'm either sleeping because of exhaustion or starting up a new business. I have no in-between mode. Many times I feel worthless if I'm not changing the world. Thank you for your podcast and for any help, books, resources you can point me to. Amy. Hi, Amy. I feel you on this. You know, I also struggle to prioritize rest. If I'm not paying close attention, I can easily forget. (laughs) So I'm going to share with you a few things that have helped me as well and a book that i'd love for you to check out so first the answer i gave to our last type 2 applies here as well check in with yourself every single day What does your heart mind body and soul need and see how you can intentionally meet those needs that in and of itself is a form of nourishment and rest Second, rest can look different for different people and for different times. So remember that there is no right way to rest. So play with different kinds and see what nourishes you the most. See which one allows you to release guilt the soonest. So for me, I have a deep nourishing rest that I do, which is to unplug all social media and television for several days and just read and write and let myself get bored. That is the deepest rest I can have but it's also harder to do so then I have the more common easier to make time for rest that's ordering takeout and watching a TV show at the end of the day both have their place and neither are bad or wrong now other times rest looks like play for me or travel or watching a funny movie I think we have these kind of rigid boxes that we put ourselves into around what rest is But also what kind of rest is good, quote unquote, and what rest is bad. So my only request is that you make rest a part of every day because it's a muscle to build. It's something that you can do, but it's going to get easier over time the more you do it, the more natural it will become. But when you start this process, I just encourage you to listen to the voices that you hear as you take time like this. What are they afraid of? Do they think it's lazy? Are they worried you'll get left behind? I hear you saying that you feel worthless if you're not changing the world. Where do these voices come from and what are their motivations? So is it a parent who is concerned that you will make them look bad? Is it a teacher that you really admired who you want to be proud of you? For me, it was a stepfather who was dodging his own negative behaviors by looking at my behavior instead. Recognize this as their concern, their priorities, and not your own. And finally, a really great book to read on this is Five Gears, which helps us to stop thinking of it like work-life balance, which can really be easily co-opted by perfectionism, and instead talks about changing gears, being in the right gear at the right time. So if fifth gear is deep work, second gear is deep connection. Being in fifth gear while with your family is going to lead to frustration, but being in fifth gear while at work is going to lead to gratification. So we can learn to switch gears to be in the right place at the right time intentionally. Okay, friends, as a reminder, we are looking for more questions. So you can call or text yours into 828-338-9127. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.